0: Listening to the Dr. Claude Kirchner Show. My name is Dr. Claude Kirchner, and we are here to serve organizational leaders and agile teams who strive for excellence and differentiation. I hope you enjoy the content. If you have any questions or would like some additional resources, please visit our website at www.archconsults.com. Enjoy. If if I love my wife as my wife, will I be able to work collectively with her as a co-business owner? I think the answer is yes, I truly do. But it would add more difficulty to our our husband-wife relationship, for sure. And I think those are things that sometimes, and I think the point of really understanding that is they can ruin a business if you allow them to, and you don't have the relational skills or the psychological skills to get along with somebody that you love inside a work context, you could tear the company apart. Your customers are going to suffer. Your financials are going to suffer and you may not be able to bounce back from such a situation. Now your, your business is toast and your relationship is toast. Like those are two heavy, tough things to deal with. Leaders don't create followers. They create more leaders. Claude Brewer Kirshner Jr. is one of the best leaders that we know. As the generations go down, they become more of a problem, I think. There's there's a couple of real problems. I have to admit that they've gotten better quality. For years, C.B. Kirshner, Incorporated was known in Philadelphia as an aggressive, family-owned office products firm that grew as much through acquisitions as through the sale of new and used office furniture and supplies. Since its founding in 1960 by Claude B. Kirshner, Jr., the company has acquired a half a dozen old line stationeries. C.B. Kirshner's customers include such heavy hitters as Comcast Corporation and the Hospital of University of Pennsylvania. The company maintains a fleet of 15 delivery trucks. It buys used furniture by the tractor trailer load for resale from its huge warehouse in Manioc. Last year, sales of office furniture and supplies topped 35 million, company executives said, placing C.B. Kirshner in the top 1% of members in the National Office Products Association. After 36 years, the company, employing 170 people and six of Claude Kirshner Jr.'s eight children, was passing to a new owner. He had all kinds of mixed feelings. So many employees you feel so close to, Claude Kirchner said. It's like closing a Broadway show. There's a lot of tears. That is the family business that my grandfather started. He started from his truck. And what the office companies were doing is they were buying it from the store or they were buying it from distributors and they were buying it in the truckless, like a lot of it. And it was really expensive. So what my grandfather did was he went... And bought it at a cheaper price and then went door to door and started trying to sell these, this office product uh, with just himself. And so he would have samples in his truck and he would get some orders, get some orders. And then he just started getting lots of orders. So he really started as a salesperson and he bought a facility and just grew the business from there. And what the unique part about it is he was able to employ six of his kids within the business. So do you think that a family business, the dynamics of a family business are always healthy. So if you can imagine you have six siblings in different age ranges, and you go into a business and you have to cooperate and work together in order to accomplish a mission or a goal. There's a lot of convoluted thought patterns there, meaning you're not quite sure whether or not this is somebody you, you can tell what to do. Even if you did tell them what to do, would they listen to you? And what if, they, what if you needed to fire them? Could you fire them? Would it be right? And are they gonna be mad at you for the rest of their life? It's a very difficult dynamic to navigate through relationally. Another interesting thing about being a family business is a lot of companies that are not family businesses, they're focused on the customers, whereas, and they wanna protect the customer and and make sure the customer is served and make sure the customer is well cared for. If you really dig down into the family root of the business, the family's most interested in the family, meaning their goal in serving the customers is to provide and protect for their family. It's a good thing about a family business and it's a bad thing about a family business. What I love about business and what I love about entrepreneurship is you can learn a lot about life and not just business when you study these topics. So, a family, I know it's interesting to say, okay, what is a family? But a family isn't always a nuclear family, brothers, sisters, moms, dad. It's defined as a group of people bound or brought together by a shared history and a commitment to share a future together while supporting the development of well being in individual members. If you think about adoption, if you think about somebody, a really, really good friend that your mom or dad allowed to live in your house for an extended period of time. When I was growing up, we had au pairs babysit us, and or at least babysit my sisters and I, and we consider them family. So in this definition, it's the people that are really committed to each other for an extended period of time. So in a family business is an organization which either the individuals who established or acquired the firm, or the descendants significantly influenced their strategic decisions and life course of the firm. So even just defining your family business is quite interesting. The question is is the business managed by its owners? Is the business managed by its owners who are married? Is the business managed by its owners who are father and son? Is the business managed by its owners who are uncle and nephew or how about aunt and uncle from two different relationships? You can also say that if I was in a, if I'm married to my wife And I had a business that I hired My and I thought about doing this when we had Tropical. If I hired my brother-in-law to come and work for the business, he's not blood family to me, but he's still family. Really the, the truth is any business that has a family member in it that's owned by one of those family members would be considered a family business. Cousins, siblings, you name it. You could have family members who are owners and you could have owners that hire family members that aren't owners. So when my, I worked for my father for a long period of time, he treated me like an owner. And I was obviously his son, but I didn't own the business. The question is, is it still a family business? Of course, I'm on payroll. My father owns the company as a family business, but it's important to differentiate between that. So there's employees, which I wasn't an employee. I wasn't an owner. I was a family member. Whereas another person that just, got hired, they would just be an employee and my father would be in the quadrant of owner. So it's important to differentiate between family members, employees, and owners. Eventually I became an owner. As the company grew, I obviously had a lot of conflict with certain staff members within the company as well, because they didn't really work for me. They worked for my father and they made it very clear that they didn't work for me. And when I went to tell them what to do and they wouldn't do it, it was a challenge. So I had to navigate through some of that. So when I joined the business, He, uh, I, I, he brought me in when I, after grad school, so I had three years of experience within commercial real estate. Then I went to grad school and after grad school, I started working with my father and he didn't really give me a position. He didn't really believe like, oh, you need a position. He just sort of plugged me in and had me do things. So he didn't formally bring me in and say, hey, you're going to be the leader of this person, this person, this person, this person. I had to gradually influence them and lead them just because I was the son of the owner. I needed to establish my own authority, my own managerial prowess, my own power and in the organization. So it was very difficult. And eventually he made me president of the organization, which gave me full autonomy to really control anything and all things. But um, the point that I was trying to emphasize is there were people in that company that were there longer as full-time employees than I was. And there were people there that were older than me that I had to manage and tell what to do. So when I came in, the point is about nepotism, the practice of employing relatives. So people thought that I had preferential treatment because I was the son of the owner, even though I didn't have as much experience as them, I still had authority over them and they had a problem with that obviously. And it was difficult to manage. So that's where I eventually ended up. I was a family member. I owned a portion of the business and I worked within the business. Family members not involved in the business. So this is a quadrant. So you think about if your dad had a construction business, your mom is still very much a part of that business even if she doesn't own it because she cares about the business. She cares about the success of her husband. So she is a stakeholder and someone that's important in the company even though she's not an employee, or she's not an actual owner. And the same thing would be like, if you owned a business and you had a brother, then your brother is a family member, but he's not an employee. He's not an owner, but if he came to visit you at your business, you better believe he would feel as if like, Hey, this is my sister's business. Like I, I can tell people what to do as well, even though he doesn't work there. So it's just an interesting dynamic. And if you, if you think about these big companies, really, all they have is the top right, the employees you don't really know the owners and the owners are somewhere, who knows. But in a family business, these dynamics of employee, owners, family members, like it's kind of all mixes in and it becomes confusing at times. Some of the advantages of a family business is it promotes a family's values and set themselves apart from competitors. We do a lot with the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, We're big believers in giving back to the community that we do business in. Best way to grow our people, serve our customers. What empowers us and gives us purpose behind every customer interaction is the desire to help the people around us. We want to help the people around us, and in order to do that, help our families, help our friends, the colleagues we work with, we put every effort we can possibly imagine into serving our customers. Because we know if we serve our customers, we're going to be successful, and when we're successful, we can grow our people. We always talk about hiring for character and not talent and getting better, not bigger. So if you have the right people, then you can put them into a situation where they have processes that have been be refined and customized to our customer service mentality here at Tropical. and the right people can be coached to do the right processes. And when the processes are in place and the people are in place, you have so much possibility to get better at what you do and to complete our mission of serving the customer. Three companies in one, and that gives us the ability to leverage departments: customer service department, a finance department, and operations department, and a sales department, in order to bring the synergies of the three companies together to best serve the customer. am excited to be here and be a part of this. Just amazing! I'm grateful to be here, as like I said, and um, I love my company, and I'm glad. And what we're trying to portray there is that we are a a business that has values like we care about our people you know there was backpacking events in there there was family events in there There were there was fun there was dancing and what's nice about being a part of that business is that you can incorporate those values into the business the downside of course is conflict may rise among family members my father and i for the first seven years that we worked together how much fun they're having but the, the truth is it was extremely difficult To get along with my father on times where we would butt heads on issues like things that we would do differently, and I can give you examples like he his philosophy, and this doesn't sound good doesn't pay my dad in a good light, but it's true. His philosophy was that if you wanted to get more out of a staff member that you needed to turn them upside down this is the analogy used. And, and shake them and have more coins come out of their pocket. So the point the saying is saying is you have to rattle them, you have to scare them into performing more, you have to get after them and you have to raise your voice and tell them to do more, to call them at 7.30 in the morning and make sure that they're at the office. And there's a part of that where he's you know, 20% correct. But the reality is I disagreed with him. I thought that you needed to bring people into the conversation, give them the why, understand their values and, and see if you can onboard them onto the mission, not just tell them. So obviously you can see with that philosophy, there were many times, especially with people, issues, customers, uh, financial issues that we would disagree and we would yell at each other very loud in the office. We worked next to each other side by side in the same office for many, many, many years. He would hear my calls. I would hear his calls. We got along 80% of the time and 20% of the time we did not get along and on multiple occasions I wanted to quit. I just didn't want to work for him anymore. But that's some of the downsides. There was obviously a portrayal of nepotism. So we'll talk more about the negatives because you can see the positives. It's pretty clear that there's a lot of good in family business because you care about each other, you care about your family, all that kind of stuff. The negatives: mistrust of non-family employees. We talked about that, especially those that are incompetent. Lack of loyalty to the firm by family members not directly involved in the business. Sense of entitlement by the succeeding generation and those not working in the firm. So I did have a sense of entitlement. I'll be honest, I'll be very transparent. I was I acted entitled sometimes. And I, I know that was a little bit of a downfall, but I felt that if I worked hard, I did certain things that I was entitled to do anything I want, essentially. <laughs> Lack of knowledge among those family members outside the firm, demand for instant gratification from those who feel entitled, and that I, I fell victim to that as well. Failure to communicate across generations with family not involved in the firm. If you and your brother work together, and let's say that you had a significant other, you and your brother were in a business together and working hard together. A lot of times you're gonna have conflict with your brother. You're just gonna be annoyed or things aren't gonna go right. So you're gonna go back to your relationship. What's gonna happen is you're gonna speak negatively about your brother often. Even though you love your brother and even though your brother's a good guy, you you speak negatively about him because you're working with him. So it's gonna make your significant other feel a type of way about your brother or a type of way about the business in which you and your brother are a part of. So there's a lot of negativity, but there's not a lot of positivity. And because you have to vent, I mean, you, know, oh, my brother, he's doing this, and he's not running the business right, and I'm annoyed by him. Even though he may be doing a lot of things right, he's still gonna talk about the negative side. So that those people that are not involved with the family business are catching a lot of that negativity. So they don't have a real clear path to understand what's actually happening within the family business. I, I found that to be quite interesting. If You were married. Would you want to be in business with your husband? I I don't know if I would be able to do it with my wife. I probably will at some point in my life, and I actually tried to get her to be a part of the business, a consulting company that I started. She's a signer on the bank account, so she has access to the bank account. She doesn't own a portion of the business. But when I first started, I thought she would want to be a part of it. Like, hey, of course, you're gonna like help me out and stuff. She really didn't want to be a part of it, meaning she, she wanted me to do it and she didn't really care to even be a signer in the bank account. So it was an interesting dynamic. But the reality is, you know, it might work, it might not work. And sometimes there can there can be some some downsides to it. Parents as founders, the children of the business owners have an interesting decision to make when they decide what to do for a living. And a lot of times parents do want, especially if the business is growing and prosperous, they do want their children to work with them one day. For many reasons. One is it's a pride thing. Like I I want to employ my child. I feel I feel as if I'm a good protector and a good parent if I can put my child into an employment role. Two is that they want their child someday to take over the business because they know one day they're going to retire. And three is that they want to be able to trust somebody within the company to have eyes and ears on other things that are happening around the business, especially because you're studying business. They'd say, "Hey, I'd, you know, go explore, do whatever you want to do, but eventually, I'd really like it for you to come and be a part of this of this business." So that's from the parents' perspective. And the children, experts recommend introducing children to the family firm at an early age. In the entrepreneur family, the natural tendency may be to push a child either openly or subtly in the direction of the family business. In a society that values the right of the individual to choose their own career, if the, this value is embraced by the child, then he or she must be granted the freedom to select a career of their own choosing. So what's interesting about that, a parent may hold resentment or bitterness towards the child and you say, hey, listen, I'm going to go work for someone else. I'm not going to work for you if they own the business. Then they could be mad that you didn't join the business because they wanted that from you. So even if, you know, it's so funny, like if they didn't own a business, it would almost be better because they wouldn't have that opportunity. But the fact that a parent owns a business and a child chooses not to work for them is almost, it's almost explicitly, but subconsciously telling the parent that, their chi- that they're not good enough or that their kid doesn't want them or that their business isn't good enough for the kid. So there's a relational dynamic just right there. If the, if the child doesn't work for the business, it's quite interesting. This predator parasite conflict is, when family members are getting paid by the business owner and other people in the business think that that family member isn't doing work, like they're not doing enough work or they're taking advantage or they're just kind of parasite, like they're they're sucking money out of the company and, and burdening the company and they're not pulling their slack. They're doing what's called social loafing and they're not doing enough. So that happens often. Sometimes the parasite is within the company, meaning the parasite could be an employee Sometimes a parasite is outside of the company. I have a client right now and his wife is taking a payroll. His wife is getting paid like $45,000 a year. And when I ask him, like, what is your wife doing? His wife is doing nothing. So she just gets paid. It's okay. The owner can do that. But if the employees find out that instead of getting a new van or instead of getting new tools to do my job, I'm, you know, we're paying this owner's wife, that would be considered a parasite. And it's kind of sad to say, but you can see from an employee's perspective why that would be a bad thing. Family members outside the company sometimes see those working in the firm as predators. Extracting money from the business, outsiders believe it's rightfully theirs. Non-family employees in the family firm non-family members often discover that they have limited opportunities in the family firm now i'm thinking about the people that i had to manage when i came in as the son it's those people the non-family member they often discover that they have limited opportunities in the family firm so if i became the president of the firm i'm the son of the owner people maybe some people wanted to be the president or wanted to move up as an executive that position is now filled and there's a very good chance that they're not going to get it unless i quit or something terrible happens to me. So they can choose to say, hey, there's not enough opportunity here, I'm leaving. So that's an interesting dynamic. So if if I wasn't performing, I wasn't doing a good job and I, I didn't know what I was doing, my father could bring in someone else to bridge the gap between generations to help alleviate the tension between my father and I, to set a new direction for the firm, to deal with change, to provide new skills and expertise. We actually brought in high level executives, an executive that was getting paid more than me to be the chief financial officer of the firm. He was a friend of mine from a DBA program and we were compensating him handsomely. He was probably about eight years older than me, and he had corporate experience as a CFO. And he did play this role, this uh, bridging the gap between generations. He really did help my father and help me at the same time. Unfortunately, he, he, I'll tell the story briefly, but as we were trying to sell the company, he knew too much, meaning I was telling him about the sale process and the different people that were gonna try to buy it. He wanted to purchase the firm he, his greed got the best. And even though he was my friend, like we would hug, call each other brothers and all this kind of stuff. He tried to buy the firm from my father without me knowing. And my father told me, like my father was like, hey, do you know that this guy just submitted an offer and is in conversation with me about buying the company? And I'm like, no, I didn't know that. So I confronted him and he told me and, it, and he made sense and he justified himself and all this kind of stuff. But eventually I told him, listen, don't do that again because we, I'm, I'm, first of all, if anyone's gonna buy it's gonna be me. And second of all, I'm structuring a deal with a private equity company and it's taking me a long time. I've been working on this deal for a while. This is the path we're going. And he knew that if that was the path we were going, that he was gonna get fired. He's had enough experience to know that the, the big private equity companies have CFOs of their own. They see him on payroll, he's like one of the first people to go. He knew that, even though I told him not to, he submitted another offer to my dad and behind my back and, and tried to you know, take advantage of my father's need to sell the company. And when he did that, I had to fire him. It was a very difficult situation where I had a friend that was stabbed me in the back and I had my father. So it was very, very interesting. So these things is family council, family business um, constitution, and the family retreat. All this is, is encouraging family members to get together formally to talk about the business and talk about the strategy, talk about the rules and regulations. And this is all about governance. Go on a family retreat, You know, g- get the family on a good page and get the family talking about the business. My father and I didn't really do this very often, we should have done it more. A family council is a group of people in the family that are really supposed to help the business run well, an organized group of family members who gather periodically to discuss family-related business issues. We didn't have that either so we didn't formalize a council it would have been good it would have been great to have a family council but we didn't have one A family council is an organizational and strategic planning arm of the family and a family business constitution this is basically saying we think about the constitution of america and the rights and what the different obligations are of the people obligations are of the business obligations are of the nation to, to have a family business constitution would be a really cool um, thing to have. Let me see if I could find almost an equivalent of what we would consider to be our family business constitution. It's something that I created, but it was sort of our constitution. If me. it says we Tropical Service-Minded Pledge. It's a plug. I'm on a mission to serve customers. I care about people. It's a privilege to serve. By serving others, I will grow professionally and personally. My service helps not only our customers, but also our team, their families, and the communities where we work and live. I will use my unique gifts at work to creatively find ways to improve our ability to serve. It is a joy to work with a community of service-minded professionals who I respect and honor, regardless of the circumstance. I do the job to the best of my ability the first time. I'm a leader with influence, regardless of title or position. I positively affect people I interact with in a righteousness manner and not towards wrongdoing. Everything I do matters. Everything I say is heard. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be part of something greater than myself. I will offer my experience to help ensure the health and success of the organization I support the mission, vision, values, and goals of the organization. I will strive to always do the right thing while on this mission at Reef Tropical. I am service-minded. And so we ask every single staff member to sign that. And then in, in a sense, it's not really a family business constitution, but you can see what it's trying to get at. It's really trying to tell people how to act. It documents the mission, vision, values, philosophy, and principles that govern the family business. You know, It's a pretty good example. Outline the business's strategy and its long and short-term goals. Defines dispute resolution processes to deal with potential conflicts. It defines roles, composition, and powers of key constituents of the business, including key management, directors, shareholders, and family members. So it's much more detailed than what we just looked at. In this particular section, you think about family talent. What happens is sometimes, they'll send their kid to, to school in order to work in the business. And even while they're at the business, the owners could potentially train and develop family members more so than other staff members. They essentially groom them for leadership positions. Some firms include mentoring, a process by which an experienced person guides and supports the work, progress, and professional relationships of, of new or less experienced employees. And this reminds me so this case, Robson Harvey came to Miami from Haiti with his young daughters, Marie born in 1989. this is an actual business that we work with in the venture mentoring team and Daphne born in 1990, there was political unrest. And the following the death of his wife, Mr. Harvey remarried in 1999 and had a baby boy Jean or Jean, in 2000, Mr. Harvey, this is the launch of the business. Worked out jobs until he saved enough money to start clean sweep in 1996. He began by cleaning professional offices in little Haiti and nearby communities. This mainly was night and weekend work outside his client's office hours. This grew organically into residential cleaning services around 2001, some business clients invited him to clean their homes in upscale neighborhoods outside his community. So he went from residential clients to commercial clients. So that's a big deal. His family, his daughter, Marie, assisted him on most jobs in the earlier days, the oldest daughter and when she finished high school she worked full time in the operation so she didn't go to college she worked straight from high school into the family business supervising the jobs that he could not attend to personally when mr harvey passed away so now mr harvey is now passed away marie doesn't have a high, doesn't have a college degree has just been working operations now marie owns the business Marie took over the business herself in accordance with his wishes, although there was no written will. That's interesting, huh? Daughter Daphne helped her father and then Marie through, Daphne is the younger daughter, through high school and then became the first Harvey to attend college. So Daphne now is going to college. Daphne earned her associate's degree, which is not a bachelor's degree, it's half of a bachelor's degree in business at Miami Dade Community College, I do, and rejoin the family business full time as office manager in 2011. So now think about this. Marie is older, has owns the company according to the father, and has been working in operations for a long time. Daphne now is joining the business and has helped, but Daphne is more educated than Marie as far as business is concerned. But they're, they're now having to work together. It's an interesting dynamic. Their father passed away, it's terrible. Both sisters sacrificed for years to send young brother, Jean, to Florida State University. Do you know how much it costs to go to Florida State University? A lot of money. Where he studies business and marketing, Jean is expected to graduate, Jean is expected to graduate in 2022. The sisters are now working to put the brother through college. And the brother, imagine the brother says, you know what? I'm sorry, I don't want to join the family business. Could he very well say that? Yeah say thank you so much for paying for my college i I just got a job with you know in new york city with so-and-so no no thank you and then the sisters are then angry now they have this great business and they have strengths and weaknesses but that's a perfect segue into what would be family talent They're, they're grooming the brother to be a part of this organization preparing for succession so the father didn't leave a will oh my gosh if if you have a business and let's say that my dad didn't have, he, he had a trust set up like right from the get, and right from the get go, sorry to be gangster on you. His wife, which is not my mom, my mom and dad got divorced. And I love my stepmom, she's great. But she was a non, she was a she was a family member, but a non-operator in the business. Like she wasn't an employee, she didn't own the business, but she was a family member. If my dad passed away and didn't leave a will, my stepmom would then own the entire company because that's his wife. I mean, most likely, if you don't have a will, everything goes to the wife. So then she would come in and be my boss. And now my stepmom owns the entire company. That's a problem. So when we think about succession, I just use that as to own the business because he's the president, he's he's dealing with all the nonsense. And just because the father has these sons. The father wants to gift a portion of the business to all of his sons, the two people that are not owning the business, that not operating, not doing anything, the one who's operating sort of part-time and the president. So think about from the president's perspective, I got these two brothers over here not doing anything, but they're gonna own a portion of this company, you know, just because my dad's a nice guy. Like that's, that's a hard deal, but the reality is it's actually a good deal and parents do do that and it's okay to do that. So these questions like, How will they transfer ownership? What do my parents think about the timing of succession and their retirement? Should I join the family business right now? Or should I wait to get experience outside the firm? Do I really want to join the family business? Changing the ownership structure, addressing tax considerations, arranging personal holdings to create wealth outside the business as well as within it. Reflecting seriously, this is what we just talked about, on family talents and interests as they relate to the future of the firm. These are things I help clients do because it's so important.